Micro changes in air density, my ass. Hello everyone, you're listening to The Rest is Confetti, and I'm Macy. And Courtney. And this week, Courtney watched Alien for the very first time <gasps> ever. I did. <laughs> I popped her and cheese. Alien cherry, <laughs> and I'm not sure what that means, but anyway, so this is my birthday episode. It's my birthday! Uh, Keith and Courtney, it was both your first first times. Keith's not, yep. well, Keith's with us, but he's not on the podcast. <laughs> he's video gaming. He's having a he good He has not died. <laughs> I say Keith's still with us. He has not died. <laughs> he is alive and well. Um... What was it? Anyway, so... <laughs> first time watching Aliens. Yes. Uh, first time watching Alien and Aliens. Uh, we are going to do them in two separate episodes, just because I feel like they deserve their own episodes. Oh, yeah. They just There's do. a lot to talk about. And we're lazy, and that gives us an extra week to have an episode on backup if we don't want to... If we can't have time to record. Exactly. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. Courtney, in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> Give me your virgin thoughts. <laughs> It was awesome! <laughs> oh my god. Ripley. That's the one thing I'm, I think I am the most sad about. Because I was aware. I mean, I've seen all the memes. I'd seen the scenes, mm-hmm. like most of the key scenes. Although, as you found out, you, would, like, you saw like parts of the key scenes. That is true. Like the chest burster scene where like, I mean, yeah, it's pretty traumatic when it bursts out of his chest. But the leading up to it and him like choking and you know what's coming. Yeah. Oh my god. No, this typically is Typically the scenes that, you know, are viral and like, oh, one of the scariest moments, here's a clip, it's right as it's busting out or yes. something. But like you said, that's not the visceral part of that scene. Mm-mm. It's knowing what's coming and his acting. Because that's it too. All the death scenes in the these, both of them are so good. <laughs> yeah, the acting is just... Um, Lambert, who is the short-haired lady, we've all discussed that... Yes. She's not, you know, she's kind of cannon fodder. She's a little bit of the tropey girl. Weakest um, link. Weakest <laughs> link. She's a little bit obnoxious sometimes. I, She does the typical thing of Brett's like, not Brett, Parker, I think, is the black dude. Uh-huh. I, I don't, he might be Brett. I can't remember. <laughs> Either Brett or Parker. But the um, African-American dude... He was awesome, and he, he was trying to fight the alien. And he's like, Parker, move, because he can't shoot it or whatever while she's in the way. And she's like, oh, no, oh, oh, no. And it's like, bitch, just at that point, I would have shot her. Yeah, like, she's not, she did not help, like, really at all. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, um, as Keith pointed out, when Dallas is in the air vents, she did a good job. Um, yes. A very mm-hmm. good job. So she's not necessarily a bad actress. I just don't like what they did with her character. Yeah, yeah. But it seemed like that, a more, more of a writing issue or something. And we have Sir Ian Holm, who oh. passed away this year. R.I.P. My Bilbo Baggins. I know. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Uh, obviously, we love Bilbo. Oh, but yeah. Ash was where I first knew him from. Because when I watched Lord of the Rings for the first time, I said, it's Ash! (laughs) (laughs) So, he was, um, yeah, Alien was the first, my first time with him. So... John Hurt is so adorable in this film. Like, I've only ever known him since he was, like, old man Mm -hmm. John Hurt. Like, Ollivander and, like, Day of the Doctor and shit. But, like, seeing him young was so just, like, yeah. precious to me. I'm like, oh, little John Hurt. Uh-huh. Also, R. 
R.I.P. Miss you, bro. Yes. I feel like he's always been middle-aged, though. Yeah. Like, he Kinda came like the out Dana Carvey little... thing, where, like, yes. they came out 40, so then they don't really age, so they're, like, 60. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, they look old their entire life until they're past 40, and then they look young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they look like they've aged well. Mm-hmm. It's true. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Sorry. Continue your thoughts, friend. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, there's so many. Like, we'll have to probably just do the scene breakdowns, honestly, because mm-hmm. I could go on and on about almost every scene. I agree yeah. that the the beginning is a little slow. Mm-hmm. That is more, I think we've all agreed, a product of the time. And again, I don't really mind it. Like, if I get to know the characters a little bit better, I, personally, for me, that helps me get more invested. Mm-hmm. I understand for some people if they're like, oh, I just, like, skip the first ten minutes, though, because right. you can, once you've seen it once, like, you could do that. I do tend to kind of goof around with some other things when watching this movie in the first even 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Because, again, like you said, it's a product of the time. It's a, I call it the Stephen King thing, where Stephen King novels can be a little slow sometimes at first, but it's because he is telling you about this town's way of life or what this person is like so that later on in the novel when they make a decision you're like well yeah jack would make that decision yes. because i've gotten you to feel know like you him. know them right <laughs> so it's a little bit of that the character establishment and things like that but um you just like you just want some bacteria to start killing someone or something like someone start dying because there is nothing going on it's Very the computer quiet. startup which is also a 70s thing yeah. and I'm not I'm not even like mad about it it's just one of those things I've seen this film so many times that I just don't pay attention for that part right the movie is overall a little bit slow in the first half but not disinteresting no definitely not um, it's just a little it's a slower burn and um, it does make it feel a little bit longer than it is mm-hmm. but once things happen things happen yeah, they do. <laughs> they really happen. Oh my gosh! Because yeah, the jump scare too in the first one got me good. It was yeah. a good jump scare. <laughs> it still gets me sometimes if I'm not paying like attention. Because again, when I've seen this movie so many times, it's not a like drawing or cleaning movie, but I can like almost quote the movie. So I sometimes will do other things with this in the background, and if oh, I'm yeah. not paying attention, I'll be like, "Holy shit! I forgot that that one was coming." <laughs> uh. Like Courtney said, she knew the chestburster scene was coming. Um, they didn't know Ash was a robot, though. I did not know that. I was so, so excited. Yeah. I'm glad that that eluded me, because that was really, really awesome kind of twist. I feel like that's... <laughs> so at the time, that probably wasn't a bigger reveal than the embryo in the chest. Oof. But anymore, for people who haven't seen it, like that's probably the biggest reveal in the movie. I would say so, yeah. Because mm-hmm. also there's really no indicate. Like, even I think when I rewatch it, there's not really, like, indicators or anything, or no. little even Easter eggs. Like, oh, he's- no, you just find out in that moment when he starts leaking the gross. I do think that that is such a weird, gross thing that they're like, white is like their blood, right. I guess-ish. Liquid. <laughs> and they're it's filled so with. thick and milky. It is. It looks like, like, watered-down heavy cream and I'm just like, ew! Yeah, half and half or something. I actually Blech. didn't have never read what that was made from, but I'm assuming it's something like that. Yeah. Cornstarch kind of and water, Dairy maybe. product or something like that, yeah, because it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. And it's, yeah, when you find out that he, the company sent him to secure this alien and everything, it's, oof. But let's, um, let's, we'll kind of do a scene breakdown, essentially, of it and kind of go through it there, I think. Um, So this movie's made in 1979. It's directed by Ridley Scott. I think everyone knows that. 
Um, the budget was only $8.4 million. Damn. And the reason this got made is Star Wars had just been a big hit. And so the studio, as studios do, were like, well, we need a sci-fi now. <laughs> because that's why you tend to notice that two studios will release almost identical movies at the same time. Like, what was it? Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached. And, yeah, and it is the <laughs> it's same like, It's the movie. same movie. One is... <laughs> Very much better than the other. Yes. <laughs> Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. And um, <laughs> still not great films, though. But anyway. That one's just way... F- it's heavier on the comedy and less on yes. the... Like, because that's what I like. If I'm watching a rom-com, I want it to be very heavy on the comedy, like Going the Distance or stuff like that, where it's like, yeah. it's more of a comedy. The romance is just a part of it. <sighs> romance is so gross. <laughs> I'm just like, there's a reason we have a horror podcast. Mm-hmm. So, because... Romance in horror tends to be more like Hicks and Ripley, where it's just kind of like a they're a team. Not always, but like where we get really know. dark, like Crimson Peak. Yeah, it's just a little bit more. It's more mature and not yes, so juvenile. Very much. Where so. it's like, oh, I just want to screw you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're hot. Like I'm gonna cry about my emotions. It's like okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, they said, all right, go ahead. It, the budget was originally, I think, $4 million, but after the storyboards, the board of directors or whoever it was, the producers, were mm-hmm. so impressed that they gave him another. Nice. They doubled his budget. And um, it was originally going to be called Star Beast, which is Ew. terrible. That <laughs> sounds like a bad 70s sci-fi movie, Star Beast. Porn. It sounds like a bad 70s sci-fi porn. Oh, it porn. does. It sounds Star like Beast. a porno version of the original Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Because it makes me think of Starbucks. Starbucks, yeah. yeah. Love Starbucks. <laughs> I, I kind of hate that there's a coffee shop called Starbucks because I would love to name my dog Starbucks after Starbucks from Gattlestar Galactica. But, but everyone everyone's like, oh, you like Kafifi? I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I do, but no. That's not, not that the reason. Much. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, so it opens real slow, computer starting up. Uh, I love the design of the spaceship. For sure. It's so so lived in and gritty, and they're just truckers in space. I know, I do. I love how, like, grungy they are. Mm-hmm. I just want them all to start a band. <laughs> well, speaking of, the lights in the que- in the nest of eggs, they borrowed those from The Who, <gasps> who were putting on a concert in the same town they were filming. Oh, my God. They're like, can we borrow your stage lights? And they're oh, like, sure. That's very nice yeah. of The Who. Thanks, The Who. Yes. Big fans <laughs> of The Who. I love their Who's Next album. Listen to that if you haven't. I mean, you should have heard of that already, but whatever. So, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, they're just talking, hanging out, you know. We establish Ripley as an just awesomely awesome badass character. She's third in command. She's a flight commander? Something like that. She's third in command. (laughs) I think she's a lieutenant, maybe. Something like that. So, she's third in command, it's Dallas, and um, Kane is John Hurt's character, are the two. Dallas is the captain, which Harrison Ford turned that role down. I wouldn't know. Um, which I think is why he did Blade Runner, because he turned down Alien by Ridley Scott, huge hit, and then he's like, well, I'll do Blade Runner, which I can't deny that that film is great, iconic, a classic. People love it. I don't personally enjoy that film. It's just not my cup of tea. No, I think the acting is all great. I just, I don't... And I respect it for what it does. Like, that movie has a lot of my respect. It's just, it's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm really in the mood to watch Blade Runner today. Like, it's just... But I respect If you love Blade Runner, like, hey, there's 
I, it's awesome in its own respect. I understand why people like it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't give me any feelings. I'm like, well, why would I spend my time on a movie that doesn't like, give me I would, any feelings? Honestly, if I'm in the mood for something like that, I would rather watch something more like The Fifth Element or something I like love that. The fifth, love the fifth Element. Also, oh Sir God. Ian Holm in The Fifth Element. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they have been woken up. They're not supposed to have been woken up at this point. They're still on their return journey carrying 20 million tons of like mineral ore, I think. And they find out they've been woken up because the computer, who is called Mother, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, I think that that's... It's a little eerie. Yeah, like, it's tropey like it. now, but I think this was probably mm. one of, one of, if not the original of, like, that thing. Yeah. Kind of. So Mother has woken them up because it received a, an SOS signal. And, again, the signal that was an SOS, which turned out to really be a warning, tropey now, was not in 1979. <laughs> So this is, you have to view these things now as through the lens of people who hadn't seen anything like this. Yes. Because I'll find myself watching an older film for the first time and be like, that's such a trope. Well, it wasn't that back mm-hmm. then. So I, I have to have that mindset and respect for it. So yeah. they go down to this planet. Uh, Lambert, Kane, and Dallas all head to that big, like... We've all seen the ship, the like kind of round, <laughs> if you, especially with Prometheus. Now we saw a lot more of those ships, yeah. that like semi-circle ship, and they they're climbing around the uh, engineer. Which at the time we didn't know they were engineers until Prometheus. Yeah, but this is post Prometheus, so we're going to call them engineers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, at the telescope thing, that's iconic with the busted out ribs, and it was Ridley Scott's kids in spacesuits that were walking around that so they did not have to build the set so large. Such a good idea. Because, you know what? Another issue, I will go on a Prometheus rant a little bit, but um, <laughs> Courtney's already heard my Prometheus rant. It is epic, it's and you can fast forward. Quality and accurate, though. <laughs> so, the engineers in Prometheus, I don't feel like are as big as this one in the seat. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. But anyway, the thing's in the seat, and then they find the nest of eggs, and Kane's like, oh, look at this weird four-flat vagina egg. I think I'll lean closer. Oh, look, it's opening. I think (laughs) I'll put my face over it. Oh, and he can see something moving inside, which when he showed the light... At that point, I back the fuck up. Dude, it's 1979. This is a practical effect. They're shining the light in the egg. It's semi-transparent, but you can tell it's a thick, like, fibrous, membrous, skin-like <laughs> thing, egg, flesh thing. <laughs> and, and there is something moving inside. I got so much sleep last night, I'm a little disoriented. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with me. But, uh, and it's, like, twitching and moving, and I don't question it at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, did they really find an alien egg for it this It looks scene? like it. <laughs> they do so great. You don't the question effects. it for us. There's so much tension in this movie. It there is, is not this much tension in Aliens. Um, it's which a little more fun. I, I do like aliens more, I think, if I have to pick one. Uh, but this one is just... It's so tense. I bit my nails while watching this movie. And oh, I've memorized this movie. It's so tense. <laughs> and then it opens, and he's like, oh, something's sliding around in there, which that was used... Um, let's see. Heart, lungs, and some intestines were used for the inside of the, the egg. Nice. Like cow, I mm-hmm. think. Not human. (laughs) And he's like, I think I'll look closer. And then it gets him. Which I think busts through a space helmet. Yeah. You know immediately that things are going to go very wrong. Very wrong. I don't find that part 
that might be my one criticism of this movie is like how did it get through the space helmet because in later on in that movie and then in aliens i mean there's things like glass and doors mm-hmm. keeping them apart so how did it because when they bring kane in you see how it's thick that in glass in there, is. and it looks like it did one jump. Because that's it too. Like if it maybe would have like had to like break it in pieces, yeah, like hit it with its tail or its head, or and it, it slowly like broke. But yeah, it looks like acid. it just. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that's true. Which yeah, that would help. I kind of had can- that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. There's no indication that that happened. I don't think it could, but I had canon that that's what it did, and I just yeah, that would make more sense. This yeah. is one of those movies where you know what one criticism I'll just it's fine right willing Whatever. suspension of disbelief it again is. you got to think of this was made in 1979 mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it holds up incredibly well yes. people question things more than they used to as well oh and yeah you know what I think we can let up on some films a little bit exactly. there are some unforgivable them things <laughs> but this is not one of them yes. give them some grace <laughs> yeah so they this is where you find out like why you root for Ripley because when Dallas and Lambert are getting Kane back to the ship and they're like something's attached itself and Ripley's like I can't open you have to stay in there because you have to be quarantined for 24 hours I can't let you in when he has some weird alien organism attached his fucking face and the captain is like let me in that's an order but she's third in command and the two ahead of her are out there so she's in charge and she says no and that's why Ripley is such a good character because she does everything right and she gets fucked at every turn. Yep. And she's surrounded by idiots. <laughs> no one listens to no her. No one listens to her. But she's also not like a god-like person. Like no. she's she's flawed. She there's things she can't do. She struggles. It's literally just pure survival. Yeah. But she's also very competent. Oh, for sure. Because how do you root for people who are doing idiotic things? You, well, there's you can't. A, like he said, there's a reason that there's rules and that there is those levels of like, okay, no, this is protocol. We don't do this because if we do, it's probably going to fuck our day up. And what happens? Their day gets really fucked Oh, up. she was right. Oh. And Dallas, the captain, is like, if we don't get him in, he could die. And she's like, if you let him in, we'll all die. Yeah. That's that's what you sign up for. They have quarantine protocols and science officers and like all these rules because you're traveling through space and you know Man, if that isn't them, believable in this day and age though that they won't listen to the scientific oh my protocols. Gosh. Yeah, this is so much more applicable than I even realized. <laughs> Forty years later, <sighs> yep. Question question the scientists. Do it. It's super smart. <laughs> yeah, science. No, it's yeah. never worked out for anybody. Which all you people who think which none of you people that I'm talking to listen to this podcast but you think <laughs> that they're tracking you through vaccinations you're posting your like social security numbers on facebook well you think they can't track you anyway they don't need to implant anything in you, you that's all right the new reason that i'm gonna give if anyone's like why are you wearing a mask i'm gonna be like because of facial recognition and then just walk away mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like oh okay so she's crazy we're not gonna mess with it i'm gonna do that too i think well, granted, we're lucky. We, we we are in Illinois, so, I mean, we are actually required, which I feel more comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, all of you on here get us, and you're all smart, and, you know, everyone in Sweden's <laughs> probably Hello. doing a lot better than we are, so. Mm-hmm. Every other but, yeah. country's doing better than us. Yeah, for if, if we happen to have someone listening that's like, I don't believe in the Met, just do it. It's yeah. fashionable. Have away. fun with it. We don't like, need you listening to our yeah. podcast. But anyways, I digress. Alien. Alien. 
Well, um, yeah, I mean, she just, she tries so hard, and then Ash, um, Ian Holm, just lets them in. And he, they do such a good job of, like, they don't give away that he's an android, but they show him watching horrible things happening with a blank look on his face, and you're like, something's wrong. He's, like, in on it. And he, I mean, mm-hmm. he is, in a way, I mean, he's not in on the alien, but, and he didn't get... Kane impregnated. I don't think his intention was for anyone to get impregnated. I think no. he wanted an egg to bring back or something. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. we find out later, he's been given instructions by the company. We don't know that's Wayland yutani is the name. It hasn't been given a name in this film. It is in the next one. But the company has sent him to secure this creature or something from it like organism whatever scraping it is. a sample like the whole thing preferably whatever and that the crew's expendable it flat out says all priorities secondary crew expendable yep. so he's supposed to bring it back at all costs and ugh, but he does a good job of subtly acting like you can yeah. tell especially if you are a seasoned moviegoer like ourselves like, you just know it's that shot and that look of, like, oh, he something's off about this right. one. Like, he's has some nefarious purposes or something going on. It's just <laughs> so off-putting and unsettling and just, it's subtly off. It's not so obvious. It's mm-hmm. not like he's, like, making lunch and cutting He's not, like, finger. stroking a white cat and doing, like, the mm-hmm. evil one finger. One million dollars! <laughs> Oh, no. It's just, it's so, it's understated. It's it is. Because it's Ian Holm and he's brilliant. Because yeah. the most unsettling things are when it's that uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. And they call it the uncanny valley is when something is close to right, but it's not quite there. Yes. And that's worse than when it's definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. Because your brain is like, it's like trying to make sense of it, where you're like, it looks real. I know it's not, but it looks real, but I know it's Just not. Just like a lot of the architecture and stuff in this, too, where it's like it's familiar yes. a little, but not enough. Which, let's talk about H.R. Geiger for a minute. Let's do that. We did not get to watching Dark Star, the H.R. Geiger documentary, because we get distracted and into deep psycho- psychological, philosophical conversations, and we regret nothing. <laughs> but H.R. Geiger is a Swiss artist... And he's amazing and the best and my hero, and you should all look him up. It's disturbing, though. He probably... He's pretty much been on LSD his entire life. Lucky. (laughs) And good for him. And some amazing art from it. His art is just... Not only are the concepts and the... um, Things he draws amazing. He's good at it. Like Oh, yeah. He's... He was one time, I tell the story all the time when it comes to H.R. Geiger, that he was one time stopped by um, security at an airport because he had a portfolio of pencil drawings. And any of you who are familiar with his work know how disturbing they are. And the security or whatever thought that they were photographs of people he had been torturing. And they <laughs> detained him, and then they found out they were pencil drawings and then it's fine because you can draw whatever you fucked up shit you want. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, But that is it. how good it was that they were like, oh, these aren't photographs? 
and they're that disturbing. It, he's very big on the sex and machinery, and I'm not talking about like vibrators. Oh no, um, like sex and like Modoc machinery. Right, it's like boobs going into tubes and machinery, and like penises that are mechanical and like, but also organic, and yeah. it's just there's nothing like it. And I don't think there ever will be anyone like him. No. Uh, there shouldn't be. Break the motor god. <laughs> I don't think God made HR Geiger. <laughs> I love him, but I don't he think that made him. He was an explosion of so, wonderful, yes, weird things. I think someone threw some LSD in a Hawaiian volcano and he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just incredible. I mean, his work is amazing. His technique is flawless. Um, yeah, he did the design on this film. He designed the aliens. He designed the sets. Not the spaceship, but the all the alien stuff. Yeah. And he um, was told... To make it less penisy and less blatantly sexual. And those of you who have seen this film, it's like, how was it more sexual and penisy? <laughs> was there just actual penises hanging yeah, did from the he, ceiling? Did he like <laughs> just cock desec- balls around yeah. every <laughs> Desecrate corpses and steal their dicks and like wear testicles and a necklace around his his throat? I don't know what he did to make it more penisy. Because uh, the movie is also an allegory for male rape. And impregnation through rape because they felt it's, uh, first of all, it was cliche to have a woman be the weak first victim. Mm-hmm. And it, um, women have had to and, and still do watch women be raped on screen or sexually assaulted in some way all the time yeah. and in real life as well. So, you know what? These white men from Hollywood somehow for one day decided to give us all a break. And put it on the men instead, which, you know, that's sad and scary. And men can get raped, too, so it's not just a woman thing. Yeah. And it is also, they wanted the male audiences to be uncomfortable at this, um, like, mirroring of the trope of women getting assaulted. Kind of like in Deliverance, Burt Reynolds talks about the Mm -hmm. scene in Deliverance, which Mm -hmm. it's one scene, Mm. the movie's great, watch it, because um, there's a lot of fun facts about behind-the-scenes stuff. We're not talking about deliverance. I won't talk too much about it. But uh, Burt Reynolds said that he thought it was an important scene because women are expected to watch, show up for, watch, and give a thumbs up to movies where women are brutally raped and assaulted all the time. Mm-hmm. Yet when a man is raped and assaulted, we still to this day people talk about deliverance and oh, how, yeah. well, I can't watch that movie because this happens. You watch fucking Law & Order SVU all the time. Oh, yeah. Because I don't care if it's painted as a bat. Obviously, ideally, it's painted as bad. It's in stuff. You're making people... People are watching sexual assault and Mm -hmm. rape and abuse and torture and all these things. And we're expected to just ignore our triggers because people do that in real life anyway. And just be like, I'm totally not experiencing PTSD by watching this. (laughs) Yet, the one time a man is assaulted... It's like... It's unspeakable. A, an unwatchable film. It's Voldemort. Yes. We do not speak its it name. It can't be. It can't exist. It shouldn't have happened. What a terrible movie to have been made. And so I just, I really respect that they were like, no, we're switching it up. We're going to make mm-hmm. them in uncomfortable this time. No, fuck it. You want to shit talk what Burt Reynolds chose to do? I don't need your approval anyway. Right. I love Burt Reynolds. Like Burt Reynolds' arm he in that movie the is the same size as most men. <laughs> Oh, they also, in that man. movie, had such a low budget, like, they couldn't afford stunt doubles. 
And so Burt Reynolds is really like rowing them down the river <laughs> and they had to film it in yes. order because most movies, the film, the scenes are filmed completely out of order. Oh yeah, totally. And this deliverance had to be filmed in order because they couldn't afford stunt doubles. And if any of the, the actors died, they had to write into the script that they died so they can continue on filming. Because if they died at a scene that's supposed to be earlier uh. on, but then they're in there later, that doesn't work. So they yeah. filmed it in line and all the actors were like, we could die filming this, so... Anyway, that's my TED Talk about Deliverance. <laughs> Thank you for coming to the <laughs> Deliverance <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> you got a purdy mouth. <laughs> back the way you came. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, back to Alien. <laughs> uh... Yeah, the, let's talk about the chest burster. Well, no, because they they have him in medical first. So much happens in this movie. So much. It's like slow, but Just, so much happens. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get the thing off. They find out it has acid blood. Yeah, that's a fun scene. Yeah, <laughs> which, I mean... It's going through the hole. <laughs> it doesn't appear to have any sort of evolutionary weakness in this film. As Keith said when we got to Aliens, mm-hmm. we will find out there is a little flaw... However small and seemingly insignificant in their design that allows them to be beaten. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's got acid blood. They don't know how they're going to get it off. Then they go back in there and it's gone. And they're like, where the hell did it go? (laughs) It's, long story short, they find it dead. So Mm -hmm. they're like, well, it, it died, I guess. Then Kane wakes up and he seems fine. Seems cool. You're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be okay. Everything's great. Yeah. They're sitting around and eating and smoking. Yeah, they're smoking on their spaceship. and (laughs) Which, um, you know, as we all discussed, spaceships don't have pure oxygen. They could smoke. I don't think it would be encouraged to smoke in their spaceship. Uh, But we'll overlook it because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. And again, the times, like, they weren't trying to be that practical about as many things as we do now like everything has to be so accurate because 8,000 reddit users are gonna post oh my gosh. stuff on it but that wasn't the case in in 1979 no mm-mm. <laughs> so in the smoking it's so hazy and smoky gritty and mumbly <laughs> like it would whole smell movie. like an old denny's <laughs> oh my gosh an old Denny. Yes, I've never heard it described. Because <laughs> I do. I like that it's such like a rough and tumble crew too. Like yeah. I just, oh, it's so endearing. Again, they're just truckers in space. Like mm-hmm. they're down to earth people. They're arguing about their paychecks and their bonuses <laughs> and all the stuff. You know, they're just trying to get home. They're just they're working. This is what work. Ripley's is trying to get home to her child, which oh, is a oh huge God. plot point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She needs to get her daughter is 10. She needs to get home for her 11th birthday, and she has promised to be home by her 11th birthday. And when you listen to the next podcast, we're going to tell you how that turns out. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to go on a recap of the entire Alien universe and get angry. Yeah. So. <laughs> Buckle up, Internet. <laughs> You're in for a bumpy ride. I don't know why I keep doing that voice. I like it. In case you want to watch uh, Harry Potter. Yes. Hell. <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Anyway, yeah, they're eating, and Kane starts coughing. And Horribly. they're like, hey, man. And then it's getting worse. They're like, dude, are you okay? And it's getting worse. They think he's choking. Then they think he's having a seizure. And his acting. Oh, my God. I can't believe he didn't win an Oscar for that. Yeah. No, seriously, because like I said, I had always seen, like, from the second it bursts out, basically. Because also, lots of times, it's about, you know, the, the fun fact about the genuine reactions, mm-hmm. how... The, um, yeah, the <laughs> cast did not know that... They knew something was going to happen. 
They didn't know what. And they were told, just react to what happens. So the essentially the whole scene is improv. It was filmed in one take with four cameras so they could get everyone's uh, reactions. And John Hurt, actually, there were holes in the table that his head and arms were through, and they had a fake torso that could inflate. And nobody knew. Yeah, nobody knew. <laughs> and the John. like torso was filled with guts, like actual animal guts and blood and stuff. Oh, it was real blood. It was like cow oh blood. Oh, my God. And oh, when so you watch like, this... smell and stuff. So, oh. When you watch this, it it's real blood oh, and yeah. guts that come out. And that's why it's so... That's why he holds up. But yeah, his and acting so, leading up to it is just oh, flawless. Yeah, and so when um, it bursts out, the starts to burst the first time in the blood, and everybody stops and backs up. That's that's like genuine. Like they're like we knew something was gonna happen. What the fuck? But it's a genuine reaction, and it's really because they were good. told just react to what happens. Honestly, they're not even improvising; they're just genuinely reacting. Yeah. And then when the thing bursts out and they all scream, they—I mean—that was just—it was real. Well, and you that's can why tell the so one good. chick is. Oh yeah, she was like, "What?" And I think it was—I think it's Parker, who's the kind of skinny white dude with the hat that's mm. like okay. kind of dumb. Yeah. And he's probably just there to like be an assistant to. I think it's Brett as the black dude who's like, he's the brains, he does the maintenance, like, yeah. he's the muscle, and Parker's just kind of like, okay, man, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Around. And he actually, when he went home after filming that day, he locked himself in his room for about four hours and couldn't talk to his wife because he was so, like, he was experiencing, like, trauma symptoms from filming that oh, scene. Oh, man. And they all um, have said that they, like, yeah, the scene's... Like, looks amazing. It holds up. It was really well. But it fucked them up mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. Um, because you're immersed in this world and acting. And even though you know it's real, you have to... It's kind of like fostering kids. <laughs> Don't foster kids unless you are going to love that child as your own kid. Yes. But that's also why fostering is so painful. Because then you have to give your kid back. Mm-hmm. Because you shouldn't foster if you're going to view that kid as a foster child. So anyway, mm-hmm. they're acting... And they're acting so good because they're in this world and it's real to them. Yes. And it fucks you up, stuff like that. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, if someone's just acting, you can tell. When someone's like, this is real and I'm a part of this, mm-hmm. you can tell. Huge difference. Yeah. It, and then he's like, John Hurt's like twitching a little bit afterwards. Which, because you would. Yeah. Because there's no, there's obviously massive internal damage, but your brain is still, nothing touches your brain. Things so. are still firing off up there. Yeah. And um, it scurries off. Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my, my good time gal. <laughs> we had just watched Spaceballs before this, so I did, uh, I had to say that as it scurried away. I love when it like scurries away. It's a little thing. I was like, also, I don't know if you noticed, but its teeth are metallic because when it grows up, its teeth are metallic, and in the next one, the queen's teeth are transparent, so they're a little bit different. <laughs> so, um, oh, I want chips, but that's going to be loud on here. <laughs> we could do that at an intermission. Well, t- yes, intermission. <laughs> Should we actually have the like drive in intermission music <laughs> played? <laughs> oh my gosh, we actually went to the drive in and they show like all the really, really old school commercials and they made That's me laugh amazing. so hard. <laughs> So good. Drive-ins are amazing. I wish we had one here in town. I know. Maybe that's what we should do. 
Let's start a drive-in. Start a drive-in. With a bakery. Cool. Oh, yeah. They make bank at that concession, Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plug in Harvest Moon. Oh, yeah. Harvest Moon. Yeah, if you're in our area, definitely go there because it's awesome and they social distance and require to wear masks and everything. And I felt very safe and had a great time seeing Rocky Horror on the big screen. And also, everyone did like the stuff. Which I didn't expect, so but they do this like every year. So next time we're gonna go and do all the like the yes, throwing the toilet go. paper. Like the dude in front of us, it was great. He pulled up, he's got this huge truck, he's probably like 50, 60 year old dude, and I'm thinking like, oh he's just gonna chill. He was so into it. He oh, was like yes. quoting and throwing the toilet paper and the toast, and I was just like this man. <laughs> yes. This man's awesome. It's our future. My pastor could be a drive-in. That's true. You get that big-ass mom. <laughs> but anyways, we digress. Back to alien. <laughs> but as you know by now. <laughs> the rant's are real. <laughs> this, I don't know what number this will be, because it's my birthday episode, so I'm just going to like release it on, release both of them on my birthday. Nice. So, I like that. Whatever. But as you know by now, this is what we do. It's our <laughs> signature. <laughs> my, I haven't had a personal vendetta for a while, though. Mm. Rants are real, but van, vendettas, I'll think of if there's anyone I want to go after i'll get back to that so um anyway yeah then they have to find the alien which they they assume it's still just the little penisy thing with the tail yep which very wish i'm really glad penises don't actually look like that and have teeth i mean they do look like that but without the face so a lot more appendages thank you penises thank you penises for existing Mm -hmm. scrotums and penises yeah we like, we're a fan. <laughs> so anyway, Dad, stop listening. Coming soon to our Patreon. <laughs> Kirk Steele. Man Not on a, a mission. Com- a commission. commission. <laughs> okay, we digress again. Again. We're not even like drunk right now or anything. We're just high, high on friendship. High on friendship and got some really good sleep last night, so... <laughs> yes. Okay. As adults, we're not used to that. <laughs> yeah. So they um get flamethrowers because Fuck yeah, all spaceships have like five incinerator units on them. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a little bit convenient, but but at the same time, stuff like this can get away with that because it. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to space. Maybe you need incinerator units so you can mine or... I don't know. I'm way more in this because also you're in this for Ripley. Like, you really are. You are. (laughs) And it's kind of funny because in the second one, obviously, it's all about her. In this one, it's not so, like, front and center Ripley. Like, she is the hero and it was made with her being the hero. But she's you know, just part of the crew, and she happens to be the most competent one. She's so calm the whole time. Like, when she confronts Ash, and she's like, why did you do that? You mm-hmm. know that you <laughs> fucked up. You put us all in danger. She, It's not this tr- hysterical, tropey woman, mm-hmm. which, truly hysterical woman, because we get called hysterical for getting passion, impassioned and angry about things, oh, and yeah. that's just a manipulation and gaslighting tactic used by terrible men hashtag not all men um (laughs) to essentially shut us up we're not being hysterical actually no truly hysterical women aren't like super common Mm -mm. but like a lambert gets hysterical yeah and they very could have easily had ripley being like yeah you motherfucker how did you you knew better and i'm gonna have your ass no she's very calm and collected she is she would be such a good manager she would be. I would work. She'd for be a hard ass manager, but in a good way. 
Well, as long as you earn so her respect, structure. like she, you'd be cool. Mm-hmm. And Jones, Jones is the other hero of this mm-hmm. movie. Little Jones, Kitty. <laughs> yes, um, my cat's name is Jones because of this movie. So I told you guys that when you watch these movies for the first time, you just want to name everything, the names of the movie. And do you feel that way? You just want to mm. name everyone and everything. With oh, like I want to, yeah, Ripley. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because also that is a dope female name. It is. If I ever had a little girl, which I won't because I'm done having babies, thank you. But if I did, I would name her Ripley. Like, that would be her first name. Although Ripley wrote a fur. (laughs) The double R's sound so bad. So I'd probably have to hyphenate my last name and then give her a hyphenated name so it was like Ripley Davis Rotifer. Because mm. then that yeah, would Yeah, it breaks fine. it up a little bit. Because I loved the name Raleigh when I was pregnant with my son, but Raleigh Rotifer sounds <laughs> like a cartoon character. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, like, awesome, like, Scottish-Irish name, Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Sir proper. Yes, but no, Raleigh Rotifer sounds like he's a, like Woody Woodpecker. Raleigh Rotifer. Raleigh <laughs> Rotifer at it again. So there's just something about, I should have kept my last name, man. It's just bad. <laughs> yeah, name, naming things after the movies that we love is, that's what we just did with Hamilton. Keith, we'll talk about it later, but Keith and I are obsessed with Hamilton, so we got four new fishies, and they're named appropriately. Yes. <laughs> Their fish are awesome. But anyways. <gasps> but anyways. Yeah, we Ripley don't... being a badass. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to find the thing, and they can't find it, and then they have the motion detectors, which is iconic. The mo- yeah. the ones from Aliens, the second one, are a little more iconic, that sound design. Because, again, you guys hadn't seen it. You, I'm sure you recognize the sound. Mm. Oh, yeah. So that's more iconic. But even on this, in this movie, um, there's the iconic, like, motion detectors or whatever that's tracking how close things are. Again, that's a little bit of a stretch how those work. Mm. But it's fine because it's 2179 or something. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever. So... They pick Jones, the cat, up on it, and then Brett or Parker, the Weasley little white dude, whatever it is, he lets the cat go. So now he has to go get it because they're going to pick the cat. He's like, what? It's just the cat. (sighs) And the smart black dude is like, come on, man. We're going to have to go catch the cat because Mm -hmm. we're going to pick it up. Okay, I'm looking up their names because I feel bad being like the smart black dude and the dumb white guy, (laughs) which it's true. Alien 1979. Okay, let's see. Because also, I feel like he doesn't put together too that like this thing, it, like it will, it's a like what host is that? What's saying? A host organism, or mm-hmm. like so it can attach to the cat too. I'm assuming because right. you said in the third one there's like or third or fourth one there's animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like he doesn't put that together either. Like oh yeah, let's just let the live animal run around so that this thing can attach to it and then make a terrible cat. That would have been terrifying, though, if yes. there was, like, a cat xenomorph. Because the third one plays with the dog xenomorph, but honestly, mm-hmm. I can't remember much different about it. Mm. I yeah. think maybe it runs a little more on four legs. Mm. Okay. It's weird. It's also a, dis- that's a disturbing scene, because they show it break out of the dog, and the dog's, like, whining and in pain. Oh, really I hate I'd rather watch a man die mm. of yeah. pain than the dog. <laughs> so, anyway, okay, Parker is the black guy, and Brett is the white dude. 
Okay. Oh, so Yafet Kodo is the black dude. I really liked him in this movie. Oh my god, he, he was, was the so one. So great. Who Another had, one who pretty calm and collected the whole time too. Yes, like, knew what he was doing. Very mm-hmm. confident. Yeah, he um, got a little more fired up about stuff than Ripley, but I think yeah. Ripley's like abnormally calm. So I'm more on like his like yes um, Parker's <laughs> like level. I get why you're hollering, man. <laughs> but Parker was the one who had to go home and cl- close himself in the room for a while and not talk to his wife after the chestburster scene. Not Brett, which is the white. So anyway, mm. Brett goes after Jones. And so the reason that I was tr- I was trying to decide when I named my cat between Jones and Cat Benatar. <laughs> <laughs> I love names like that. But um I and so when we first got Jones, obviously we rescued him and he was two. So he was a little scared when we first came home. And he would hide under my bed a lot because I was kind of his person. Mm-hmm. And so he hid under my bed. And so I would, you know, kind of lay halfway under the bed just to spend time with him and be like, Mama's here. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I'm like, this reminds me of an alien when Brett is looking for the cat. I'm like, <laughs> you're definitely a Jones. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he's not orange, but that's okay. Jonesy. He's still so pretty. Yeah, he's I mean, my favorite. He's so handsome. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, Brett gets got. He does. Oh, so fast. When the when he's looking at the cat, trying to get it to come out, and the alien drops down behind him. Ooh. So good. Because the alien is a guy Chilling. in a suit, and his name, because he's amazing, I want to credit him, is... Balaji Badejo or Badejo. I'm I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but um, yeah, that that is his name. It's spelled with J's. I'm not sure if they're pronounced as a J or an H. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. please forgive me <laughs> if anyone knows the right pronunciation. Let me know, and I'll make sure that it gets out there. Um, he actually disappeared after this role. He's never been in anything Aww. else. But he is seven feet tall and one inch, and he wore the suit. They wanted to do a puppet, and they were just like. The technology did not allow the movement that they needed. Yeah. Which we saw in Itsy Bitsy. Yeah, it would have been too weird. (laughs) Um, He, once he was in the suit, he could not sit down because of the tail. Mm. So he, yeah, he was in the suit. So it allowed for a lot of movement, but he was also very tall. Um, He's amazing. Um, They were so lucky to have him in this. Oh, yeah. So uh, he drops down. And I love that when Brett is dying, you hear his death. Um, but it focuses on Jones watching it. Yes. Oh, yeah. When it zooms in on like the eyes. Oh. To get Jonesy's the cat's reaction, they had the same cat through the whole movie too. Oh by my the way. Gosh, they didn't so like cool. recast That's rare. the cat. Yeah. And um, they, what they did to get the cat's re- cat reacting to the alien is they would put a screen, have him in like a crate or something, mm-hmm. have a screen there, so that he would be safe. And they had a German Shepherd waiting. And they lift it up so he could see it and be surprised by a dog and get his reaction. And then they put the screen back down. So the cat was never in danger. He Mm -hmm. was separated from... I'm sure the dog would not have been aggressive to the cat. But just for all safety reasons, um, they would surprise him with the dog in total safety to get a reaction of him being like scared of something. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Because they focused on the cat reactions to the alien a lot. A lot, yeah. And that... I don't. I can't think of anything I've seen that really does that. stuff mm-hmm. like that in where it's an animal reacting to what's going on. It's yeah. always people, and even when people do a good job, 
there's something off-putting about an animal reacting because you know, well, they're not acting, they're actually reacting. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I just thought that was super cool. So. And we love animals so much. Yes. So anytime there's more animal on screen, especially kitties, Courtney loves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kitty cats. Well, because you, you love dogs, too. You just are not in a place at the moment to have a puppy. Oh, exactly. And that's, yeah. I don't, like, Keith has way more of a way with the dogs. Like, mm-hmm. most dogs just, t- like, I think they know that I'm kind of for the other team. They're like, I smell the cat <laughs> on you. Like, there's a couple dogs out there. Zara adores you. Oh, yeah. No, Zara's a sweetheart. It's funny, too. I feel like bigger dogs tend to react to me a little bit more mm-hmm. and like me. And small to medium dogs are just like, it's like I'm not there. They don't hate me. I'm just, just totally indifferent to my existence. I feel like, sm- <laughs> like, small and medium, well, medium dogs are just kind of apathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Yeah, they're just hanging out. That's why I like big dogs, because they're just like, I'm only two pounds. Let me sleep with them. My Great Dane is coming home tomorrow, so I'm Marco's really excited. Marco's going to be here, guys. I have a weird feeling that Marco's going to end up more Keith's dog than mine. <laughs> <laughs> he does love doggos. So... <laughs> But um, we'll, we'll make sure to post pictures of him on the Instagram. And you need to introduce your kitters on our Instagram. Oh, yeah, I definitely will. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you guys see my five babies. <laughs> oh, so uh, um, is Parker, is our, or Brett, is our first death after Kane. So he's mm-hmm. the first one. Oh, he finds the um, skin, the shed. Yeah, that was so His gross and creepy. acting when he comes to the realization of what it is. Because he picks it up. You can tell he's not really even sure what it is at first, and you can watch him put it together in his head, and that was some acting genius, I thought. That was great. (laughs) And they actually did use a shredded condom for that. (laughs) Because when we were watching it, I was like, it's a condom. Who left that there? (laughs) Uh, No, it was really a shredded condom. That was a big condom, though. Good for whoever wears those. (laughs) Um, And... Uh, it's sad for their partner, though, because really it's not about depth. It's about technique. So anyway, technique. moving on, dad, technique. go away. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. That joke's not funny anymore. Um, it's it's accurate, though, because yeah. again, I'm, my dad listened and I told him not to. So anyway, I'm a virgin. <laughs> That's why I did fertility treatments. <laughs> okay, I'm really sorry. No one cares so, but they also used, used, used shredded condoms for the, like, tendons in the alien. Because you can see... There, oh. It's got, like, some tendons and stuff. Yeah. The whole xenomorph design is... Like, as Keith was saying when we watched it yesterday, he'd never seen the movies, but he knows what a xenomorph is. Yeah. Oh, Everyone yeah. knows. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows <laughs> what xenomorphs are. They so, do. Okay, that. It's bond. like the first, like you said, if you type in alien, it's not even like the generic necessarily like little bulbous dude. It's usually a xenomorph. And like how amazing that at the time, they could just name a movie Alien. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be like naming a movie today Dog. <laughs> and you're like, what? Is this Molly and me? Is it, which dog movie is it? So, um, yeah, I thought that was really great. Um, we talked a little bit about, man, he went from small to big really, really, really fast. But, you know, like, there may have been other skins he shed that we didn't see. So, true. again, that's another headcanon that isn't even that far-fetched. But right. Whatever. Because it's an alien. We don't know shit about it, Plus, really. <laughs> you know, it just, it worked better for him to pick it up and come to the realization rather than, like, find a man-sized shed skin. Yeah. Like, that would have been a little weird. Really? So, 
yeah. Anyway, um, there's that. And he dies, and then they decide that it's moving the air ducts, using the air ducts to move around. So Ripley actually volunteers to go in the air ducts. Because she's a bad bitch. Because she's a bad bitch. <laughs> and she's kind of the small, she's smaller. She is, yeah. Because when you see Dallas in those air ducts, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah, Which is. is great, because that's one thing I like in Aliens, that the air ducts are bigger and they can move around. It's not quite as, like, unnerving and uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they have a little more room to move around. So, anyway. Um, but it's also a different, that's like a colony place. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel, I know they made them bigger to accommodate filming in the second one, but it works. Yeah, I don't, I accept yeah. it. It's fine. So anyway, um, yeah, they seal off parts of the ship so they can find it. And Dallas goes in the air vents and then there are clothes and stuff behind him. And when he is stuck in there and it's, they're tracking his movements, and they're going to warn him if the alien shows up on the little tracker. And he's got a flamethrower in an air vent, which is, like, already uncomfortable because you're <laughs> that close to that much fire. Nope. Oh, my gosh. He gets to that, like, junction, and she loses it. And the way Lambert is, Lambert is freaking out oh my God. on the comms is, like... So oh tense. Oh my gosh, it's so, so tense. tense. And I know everything about this movie, it's top to bottom, tense. and I'm just sitting there like, ah. <laughs> I, I thought I would watch you guys watch the movie more, but I was just drawn in again, right again. away. And I mean, I saw this movie when I was five years old. I'm 28, like, this is not a new movie for me. It's, like it's my favorite movie. <laughs> so, it's just... So well done, so well acted, so good. That's really big buff and ten you've got up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. And it's just amazing. And you're so tense and it's making you uncomfortable. And he's just like, I can't believe this is happening. And you're like, yeah, dude, I can't either. And then all of a sudden it shows up again on the like tracking device really close to him. Really But close. the thing is, I mean, there's levels to this thing. They don't know which ways he's facing so it's, like, coming at him, but they don't know from which direction. Is it coming at him from three levels above and mm-hmm. he's fine? Or is it right next to him? He's looking around and he's just like, okay, I want to get out of here. He did a great job of kind of paying, like, his job wasn't done. Yeah, He's like, okay, um, I'm, I kind of want to get out of here. I'm getting out of here. You could tell he was starting to, like, have a panic attack. Yeah. And he, but it wasn't over the top. It was very believable. Mm-hmm. And then he go, but he goes down the ladder to the next level, yep. <sighs> turns around, and it just that's, that's the, the jump scare. Jump scare. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which it's actually baboon shrieks is the sound Ooh, of the aliens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's scary. As baboon fun. shrieks are terrifying, and I think they, baboons are terrifying unless you're Rafiki. <laughs> yeah, they speed sped them up or something for the alien maybe, but again another iconic sound design, and oh my gosh, then it just. It's not gratuitous. It goes black. Yes. There's no blood. I really appreciate the lack of gratuity in all of these, honestly. Yeah. Because there was, it was way bloodier, but um, Ridley Scott was told he would have an X rating if he made it bloodier. So he made it less bloody and it worked better Mm -hmm. because it also increases the impact of the moments that are gory, like the chestburster scene. Yeah. Because it's an almost isolated thing with the blood and guts and stuff because. 
So it, it just has more, it stands out, yeah. it's unique, it's special, it has more impact. Whereas if there was just every scene, there's just blood flying everywhere. Everywhere. You guys have all, if you're listening to this, you've seen slasher films, which those are fine, they have their place, oh, but yeah. this is a different kind of movie, <laughs> and it just, the unknown is scarier. Yes, very much so. Very H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> yes. You also find, so we watched the theatrical version, which I do actually prefer the theatrical version of this one, but in the director's cut, Ridley Scott does a lot of director cut releases mm-hmm. of his films, um, which I I have the director's cut of Gladiator. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, what else do I have? Uh, well, there's like three different versions of Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's another reason yeah, I can't get into it. I don't know even, which one's the right one. Yeah, you can't even be like, I watched Blade Runner today, and was like, which one did you watch? Did you watch <laughs> this one, or did you watch this one? Or then there's that one, or this one's a special release that I pre-ordered and got early. And I'm like, this is too much. I don't know what's it's going on anymore. It's not worth it for a film like that. So anyway, not for us anyway. <laughs> in the director's cut, when Ripley is escaping, she goes into this one part of the ship, and there's these cocoons. Just like in the second one. So this lore was consistent because they had built the set and filmed the scene. And Dallas, I think it's just Dallas. It might be, no, Parker was there too. Or, or Brett. Mm-hmm. I keep confusing them. <laughs> it looks Great. like their names would be different. The black dude looks more like a Brett. Mm-hmm. And the white dude looks more like a Parker. And it does, yeah. So the Weasley white dude <laughs> and Dallas are cocooned. Uh, the Weasley white dude is just doesn't have a line, but Dallas looks weakly at Ripley and says, please kill me. And she torches them with the flamethrower. Yep. So, Which is exactly what you should do in that situation. <laughs> yeah. So you do find out like what happens to him, and it is still unsettling. But oh, I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that part not being included. It doesn't need to be there because at that point in time, you don't know the lore. You don't know there's Luna snoring. You don't know there's a queen and all this stuff. So anyway... But that does, I will say, convey the mindless hive mind of the workers in a way. Yeah, Because there's no queen on the ship. He just knows I have to collect people and cocoon them. Yeah. There's no eggs. There's no queen. He's just... He's genetically predisposed and instructed to collect human... To collect hosts... And cocoon them. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. And they're just hanging there. Nothing's happening to them because yeah. there's no eggs, but they're just there. So um, I, I do like that yeah. part of that. Um, oh, yeah. So you're probably not going to go wrong with either version you watch. The director's cut isn't even that much longer. There's not much extra stuff. And so anyway, um, yeah, Parker and Lambert, they die. Oh, Ash. We haven't gotten to that part yet. Mm-hmm. Ash is next. We're, we... We've got to do a play-by-play of movies like this, so bear with us, please. I'm going to take a drink, because I've been talking a lot. (laughs) (sighs) My cat is snoring. You can't quite hear it, but my little kitty is snoring behind us, and it's so precious. Hello, Luna. A little cross-stitch for your wedding stuff. Yeah, my grandma made that. That's so cute. She's, like, awesome with all that stuff. She's the one who made the... Well, she made part of the quilt, at least. (laughs) So anyway. Yeah. Grandma will never listen to this, but shout out to my grandma Carol. She's awesome. She voted for Obama both times, and she's a huge exception to her generation, and I love her so much. Yeah. (laughs) My grandparents are all very typical of their generation, but I love them dearly still. So (laughs) we just don't talk about politics or um, 
gender roles or religion <laughs> or um, anything other than Sparts, farts, really. surface level. <laughs> yes. The Davis side is a lot of fart jokes, and the Harold side yeah. is a lot of just watching Calvin play because that's what they enjoy doing. So. Nice. That's nice. <sighs> okay, Ash. Ash. Wow, I gotta get ready for this part. Keith and Courtney didn't know this was coming. Yeah, this was probably the most uncomfortable I was the whole movie, too, because I was. I was like, how have I not heard about this or seen a clip or anything? I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I knew something was wrong, though, as soon as he came on screen, because the look in his face was even darker than it had been the whole movie. And then he starts the little, like, white grip. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Because at first I was like, is this a different way that the alien is, like... Like, I thought for a second mm-hmm. he had, like, an alien in him. And that's what people... That's, and it was just, like, to think that. like, differently coming out. But, nope, he's a robot. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing is he starts to act like... I mean, yeah, you think that there's another alien. Yes. Somehow. Mm-hmm. But, no. This nope. is a new... It is a new threat that is introduced that does not feel convoluted. In the moment. Yeah. It does not feel convoluted at all. It's so natural and organic how it happens. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, oh, my God. And when he, as speaking from a woman who has been through this, and I'm sure, sadly, a lot of us have, when a guy traps you in a room or blocks your only exit and, like, yep. you can't get out, the fight or flight response that you will feel is insane. And I think this whole scene just got it so great. Well, and Sigourney Weaver, this is her first role, by the way. Which blows my mind. Yeah, insane. Because we've all seen people's first roles. Right, most of it is. It's like, oh, I, I, I will watch this because I love this person and I know who they grow into. This no, is, she came out the gate yeah. Ripley. <laughs> this is why Sigourney Weaver is my favorite actress and always Seriously. will be. I, I love a lot of other so actresses. great. But come on, you will never. Helen... Or Meryl Streep was up for this role. Really? She was almost cast, but her so partner nice. had just died. Aww, and so they decided sad. to go with Sigourney just to, because they were like, you need time to grieve. Yeah. But we understand you're yeah. not going to be held. I think, I don't think she was officially cast and then replaced to give her so she could go grieve. She was just in talks it, probably. Yeah, it may have been something like that. But mm-hmm. it was, I think, amicable. It wasn't a like, yes. we want Sigourney instead of you. It was, mm-hmm. you're grieving. So we're going to have this person come in. Because, yeah. um, you know, looking at them, they don't look the same, but I can see where it's the same kind of kind of look. Oh, yeah, that definitely. They're going for. So anyway, um, yeah, when she does such a good job playing that scene of, you can tell when she realizes he's trapped me in here and he's going to do something to me. She's trying so hard to stay calm. And she's barely holding it together. Yes. And you can tell that because she's held it together so well up until now. Because he, um, she went into Mother, so there's a computer room. And because this is when it was like the black screens and the green uh, text and you had to enter the code. And I don't even know what that's called because I'm a millennial, so I didn't grow up with that. Very, very old school. Like first computers. Yes. And um, she goes in to try to find out what they're like instructions were essentially and finds out that ash the science officer who's new none of them have traveled with him before they talk about that the original science officer was replaced last minute so ash has been given the instructions to bring the alien back and nothing else matters and the crew is expendable like if the crew dies who cares so So of course she is 
pissed raging going in there. Like, what the hell is going on? You need to tell me right now. And then his face just, like, loses all emotion to the point where I was. I was like, yeah, I had that feeling in the pit of my stomach, too. I was like, is she going to get raped? Is she going to get killed? Like, you don't know what his intention is because literally, like, he is just avoid. Yeah, because rape is about <laughs> power, it's not about sex. Yes. Men rape women to say, I'm stronger and better and more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. It's not about, if it was about sex, they could hire a prostitute or jerk off. Exactly. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, I loved when she's in there alone and then it's focusing on her face after she realizes, after the crew expendable comes up and then Ash is just there next to her, smiling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Ian Holm. Creepiest scene. National treasure. Raise a glass, everyone. Love of my life. Pause. Raise a glass. Cheers. Raise a glass. To Ian Holm. You will be forever missed. Forever. I'm glad you had a nice long life, though. Yes. This is also maybe an Ian Holm appreciation thing. Yes. (laughs) I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. Another adventure. And Elijah, when posted on Twitter, he was like, goodbye, uncle. I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God. My heart. Mm. But yeah, no, he kills it in this. Like, I, he's such a little weirdo, too. He was in the fifth element. Oh, like, he's also oh in From Hell, which I have to introduce. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Oh, my I've God. No, read, From Hell. I've read the comic book. <gasps> I never have, but I've seen it. It's so pretty. It's all line work. It's not filled in. It's like... It's beautiful. The sketching rants of a lunatic. It is, and I love and it. it's amazing. But yeah, him and from hell. I mean, like, this even is Garden why State. Like, Courtney is my best friend. Best friend! Because she's seen from hell, too. <laughs> and that is not a movie that usually people are like, I know what you're talking about. She's my best friend in high school. Yeah, I know. Like, that's that happens to us a lot, where we're just like... Oh, this movie, you probably haven't seen it. And one, the other one is like, I love that movie. But like, <laughs> I've made good life decisions. <laughs> a shout out to Sam Harshman, who is already a part of our yes. circle. It's like, ah, he gets it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> but my best friend in high school and I were on a huge Johnny Depp kick. Oh, yeah. And we were watching all of his films, and we rented from hell. And we were sitting in my bed watching it, and we were just like... Oh, my God. And we loved it. Oh, yeah. But we were not prepared. You didn't know what to expect, really. No, No. that was at at the point in my life where I was really into, like, Edgar Allan Poe. And, like, my dad and I would watch Jack the Ripper documentaries and stuff like that. So this movie was just everything Which I am very soon buying a game called Letters to Whitechapel. (gasps) I've heard of that one. And everyone... It's yeah. One person is Jack the Ripper, and everyone has to figure out which one of you is Jack the Ripper <laughs> before Jack the Ripper kills everybody. Oh my so, god, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, that's my kind of game. And my poor husband was like, "Why do you always love really dark, twisted, sad things?" I'm like, "I don't know." Okay, yeah, it's have just you met me? me? <laughs> like you knew this. Oh my goodness. Okay, so yeah, she's trapped in the room. It's and then the he, tension he, is thick. <laughs> and he attacks her in such a weird way. Yeah. In, in a, well, not a good way, but I'm speaking of that positively because weird can mean negative when it comes to a film. Mm-hmm. But no, like, in such a weird and unique way. And then he, like, takes so much time rolling that magazine up nice and tight. And oh, then just, my God. And it's like, so he's a robot. He can't get her. He He's um, very strong. Yeah. He, uh... 
operational in all ways like data he is not yeah <laughs> i'm programmed with multiple techniques <laughs> wait, which wait. also let's just talk about that for a second data's a sex robot oh yeah no and like it's like what the second or third episode in next generation where they show that too or it's like oh data got it in good for him yeah and i'm sure he's programmed to feel good when he has sex i would so. hope so good for you data yeah. i'm sorry that you ended up as the crazy scientist in independence day but <laughs> scene horrified me as a child yeah adam baldwin is in that movie oh my god he's one of the right. security dudes shout out adam baldwin you have weird political you, you views funny and i motherfucker. don't respect that, but I really appreciate the masturbation joke you wrote on my poster, so thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yes, Adam Baldwin wrote, I'll be in my bunk on my poster, and I was very excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. The but, scene is so tense, we're trying so hard to not talk about it. I know, it's, it's like, I don't want to talk. We're talking about it, because it's that well done right. and that good, and when he shoves that magazine in her mouth, I thought I was like, going to vomit. <laughs> it, again, is like almost an allegory for rape, and yes. like, I'm going to take this phallic object and shove it down your throat until you die, because he's a robot, he, I don't know if they have penises and they can get erections, it's mm-hmm. never talked about in this universe which is good because it's never applicable yeah (laughs) there's no time for sex right (laughs) and um so he's shoving i mean that's absolutely what it's and she's laying in the section of the spaceship where all the nudie mags are posted Mm -hmm. up like none of this is an accident no it's meant to be that but then parker and lambert come in and parker saves her it takes a minute though oh no and that's crazy robot she has that magazine in her mouth for a minute and Oh, just the thought, like, oh, yeah, that was just so, like, vile. Just, yes. oh. <laughs> it's so, again, I've never seen anything like that. No. There's some things in this movie, this movie started some tropes, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No, yeah. There's things in this movie that have never been redone. <laughs> <laughs> like, n- never. Yeah. Oh, this movie, guys, I love it so much. It's so good. So this one's going to be so long, and that's okay. Because okay. this movie is perfection. It is. We're going to be doing birthday episodes, actually. So for Courtney's birthday, unfortunately, I was like, let's do birthday episodes after everyone's birthday had passed but mine. <laughs> that's all right. Now I have a whole like year to plan. I'm a selfish bitch. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm a Leo. I can't help it. <laughs> my little Leo. No, it's okay. I like to plan anyway. Like yeah. It's going to be hard for me to pick what to watch for my birthday. So Courtney will have a birthday episode or two, you know, because... I'm doing two here, and then we'll also include Keats in that, and then we we'll have some be guests. everything Hamilton, probably. You know, if, like, <laughs> Sam or Emily yeah. or whoever else, Lexi, mm-hmm. all our friends want to come on and do birthday episodes, that would be super fun. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, they are going to blow up the ship at this point. They, they kill Ash. They knock his head off. Yeah, Plug that's in. an awesome scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you you don't find out he's a robot until Parker takes... Is it a fire extinguisher or something? Yeah, it's something really heavy. And he, like, heavy. hits him. Then he's like, blah, 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 freaks out and starts spewing the white milky stuff. Oh, yes. Which, so for good. you guys, I want you to go through, like, your thoughts and feelings on this whole... Because at this point, you still don't know he's a robot. Yeah, because that's at this point, too. And again, it's he's not showing any of, like, the same symptoms that Kane was. 
So you like in my head I am I'm like is the egg in in the wrong spot and like he's spewing this but again it's so much white fluid it re- it made me think of Swiss Army Man though yeah when he's like <laughs> spitting all the water out except instead of water it's this gross milky substance oh milk it's like baby spit up honestly is kind of what it reminds that me of is... too yeah it's like baby yes. spit up so yeah mm-hmm. but anyways no it was so just like visceral. And gross, but I was like at that point, I'm like, okay, what the fuck is still going on? I still at that point, I will say, thought that it was in some way like some maybe a variation or mutation mm-hmm. of the alien. And it was not until his head came off and I saw, like, okay, those aren't insides, those are that's all wires like wires and tubes. and tubes. And but there's so much of the milky shit in there, too. I'm like, oh, it looks weirdly like a mix of tissue and machinery which again hr geiger Mm -hmm. but yeah oh so visceral and gross (laughs) yeah yeah you don't know he's a robot until his head comes off which unfortunately i think again i was so young when i watched this movie that i think my parents told me he's a robot because i think that was happening. I was like, what's happening? And my mom's like, well, he's a robot. Oh, okay. Um, which, I was so little. I mean, right. I, in a way, I'm sad that I don't get to experience these films for the first time as an adult. But also, that makes, yeah, whatever. It was formative for you, though. I'm so glad <laughs> I grew up with this movie. Um I think Ripley, one of the things when I took my personality test, Ripley was one of the people who had the same personality. Yeah. So very excited. Oh, Ripley. Um, but yeah, they, they plug him in and ask him about stuff, and he's just a shit to them. He's so cold, is how I would describe it. To like, just yeah. absolutely, again, no emotion, just cold, doesn't give a shit about any of these people. No, not at all. Who fucking cares is his motto. Right. <laughs> um, they decide to blow up the ship. There's nothing you can do. He, Ash tells them you can't kill it. It's a perfect weapon or a perfect predator or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so they have some stuff they got to do first, though. And Parker and Lambert die. Yeah. And this is where we, we've never liked Lambert that much. She's always been a little... She's just been in the background. She I just seems a little pointless at most points. Yes. Where you're like, what? Like, why? How did you get here? Like, you're someone's, like, niece or nephew or something. Because yeah. she's just not really contributing You a lot. slept with someone some, at some point yeah. in time and got this job. <laughs> and, yeah, she's just... I've, I was always pretty indifferent to her. This part is annoying where Parker's like, move so I can kill it. She's like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Because also she just freezes. She does the thing that I hate in movies where it's like you're right by this big ass thing that wants to get you and you just freeze, which I understand does happen in some cases, but like, my God, it is so frustrating that it's not even like, she doesn't even like fall back first and then struggle. It's like, she's just frozen. And I'm like, you could move a little bit. And I get that freezing is a real response to things, but Mm -hmm. they call it fight or flight for a reason. They don't call it fight, flight, freeze. Right. So I feel like at that point... That kicks in. Because that, you have no control over that response. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a trauma response, and that's why they call it a triggered response. You have no physical control over this response, mm-hmm. and you will react. And you're almost not responsible for your actions in this moment because you, it's a pure survival instinct. And nowhere in your survival instincts are you programmed to stand there and freeze. <laughs> Unless you're So at awesome. that point... <laughs> I will say, you're 
gonna run or fight. Yeah. It's a little unrealistic to stand there and cry. Like I said, or at least, like, ha- like fall back or something. Yes. I've often said, I'll kill myself at that point. Yeah. hmm I don't care, because <laughs> I don't know that this thing's going to do to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, they both die, though. And Ripley's like, I'll get out of here. And she's like, fucking Jones, I gotta save the cat. Gotta get the cat. I've never yeah. identified with the character so hard to And movie. this is why Ripley's so fucking good. Because she's like, I have to save my cat. And yes, you would. Because you have this attachment to this creature and you're in this situation. And I don't care what anyone says. Now, for me, I... Yeah, if my dog Zero was stuck on that ship, I think I would do whatever I could to save her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because also, would. it really rounds out her character. Like, they could have made her just a hard ass. Who yeah. was like, the cat, it's just a cat, whatever, I'll get over it. Like, no, she's a hard ass because she's smart, but she also has a lot of empathy mm-hmm. and a lot of kindness and humor in the second one. You don't really, there's not time for humor in this one. But That's yeah, a really we, good point. She's... She's complex. She's not just a hard ass. She's human. Yeah. She's not... Like, she wants to save her cat, because she's like, if my cat dies from this, like, I'm never going to forgive myself. And I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she is well-rounded. She's human. She's real, because she's not just this one lane, one... Gosh, I can't think of the word. But one defining factor. One dimensional. One dimensional. (laughs) She's not one dimensional. Because you see in the second one, she has severe PTSD. Yeah. Like, she has reactions to things she can't control. She's still a badass. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ripley's just awesome. Um, So she starts the self-destruct sequence. Tries to get the cat. She does get the cat. Yes. Mm Because he's her cat. So he comes to her. She's run into the shuttle. The alien blocks her path, so she tries to stop the self-destruct. And I was watching you guys, because I could tell on your faces. You were like, she'll, well, she'll stop the self-destruct and figure something out and then restart it. She can't stop it. Nope. She is, it is counting down. You have five minutes to stop the self-destruct sequence before it's too late and you can't stop it. She's trying to stop it. She's doing everything. She can't get the buttons and stuff pushed fast enough. And then it's like, you're timeline for having the self-destruct sequence canceled is now gone. Mm-hmm. So it's She's like just misses it too. It's like five or ten seconds and yes. she would have had it. But she, she just it. misses and she responds how anyone would where she's like, mother, you bitch! You bitch! And then she's like, well, this is the situation I'm in. I gotta mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah, you have going. to try. And that subvert that's how you subvert expectations because mm-hmm. you expect she's gonna get the sequence stopped but no no she doesn't not at all nope. Ripley never gets we a can't fucking have nice break <laughs> and she does get to the shuttle and gets away last minute the sound design when she's in the shuttle oh my god again so, so anxiety like it makes my anxiety so high but in a good way because I'm like no I felt like I was trapped in the ship with her in yes. the thing because the sound when it was focusing and you're just like out in space, the sound was different than when you're focusing on Ripley's face and yeah. she's hearing it and it's a little more muffled and shaky. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. And what Alien is famous for? The fake ending. Because the alien is in the shuttle. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. And I love the reveal because it's in the black tubes. Oh, and you've just, like, so she's, like, sitting down. 
I think she's petting the cat she or something. She puts Jones like he, in the chamber. Yeah, you can tell, like, this is her first breath she's taken pretty much since the chestburster scene. Like, and she is, she's, like, letting her body relax. You can tell she's exhausted mm-hmm. at this point, which is good, I think, for them to show, like, this is taking a toll on her. Her adrenaline is going away. And she's chilling, and then you see the background move, and you're like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. This um this scene was so tense. So she's she's flipping some switches or something and it's all wrapped up in these black tubes because it looks like a black tube. It does. The, Very good camouflage. Yeah, the design is so good. It's all curled up. It seems a little bit lethargic. Like either it's hurt or maybe he's full, maybe they never ever in any lore ever talk about what these things eat. Maybe they don't. Maybe they are like bees where they have a sh- not bees. Maybe they're like certain insects, mm-hmm. but they have a shorter lifespan or something. Yeah, I don't really be. know. Um, but it's just kind of, it's almost like it's had a full meal and it just kind of wants to take it down. Mm-hmm. So she's, it moves and then she runs to the closet in these weird ass panties. Let's talk about the panties. <laughs> I have severe issues. They just issues. look so uncomfortable the they're way they sit on her. Halfway down her hip. Mm-hmm. And Sigourney Weaver, girl. Your body. Amazing body. Like, I'm sorry. Everyone's <laughs> ugly except for Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> like, we all fall short. You, I mean, you can try whatever you want and have as much surgery, but unless you are Sigourney Weaver, you have not reached perfection <laughs> because she is perfect and she's everything and I love her dearly and... You're just ugly compared to her. I'm ugly compared to her. Courtney's ugly ugly. compared to her. We're just, we don't, we're not enough. I'll defend a V dick. So now that I've ruined, (laughs) yeah. Now that I've ruined your day, let's talk more about Ripley's weird ass panties. I mean, if anyone else wore those, they'd be stupider. But there's, Mm -hmm. if if these panties are stupid on Sigourney fucking Weaver, (laughs) they're just stupid panties. What the fuck? (laughs) Are these panties? They're, they're very small. Like I said, too, for the time period, I felt like they were, like, weirdly small. It's Just also small. the 70s, so good for you for being waxed. Because yeah. there, shouldn't there be, like, a Jungle Jane book? No, but again, she looks amazing still, but it just, like, I want to, like, pull them up for her. Because I'm like, if that were me, I would feel like, oh, my God, my underwear is, like, halfway down my crack, and I need yeah. to pull it up. Her butt crack <laughs> is showing, which is fine. I mean, show as much as your body as you want to. That's totally But it's fine. not even like she bends over and exposes it. It's like it's all ready down and she's just chilling and I'm yeah. just like what? and they're like can digging. we not have like redone that take and just been like hey so yeah. we're in your underwear it's like really tiny elastic that's digging into her hip as well and like, she oh, has girl. the lowest vagina because I well I'm very short though um my I mean the space between my vag and belly button is like <laughs> two in, it's not really two inches but it's not very much. I have, like, no midriff. Yeah, I have a very <laughs> short... Leg. I have a short torso, and I'm short. So I have no torso. Mm-hmm. My torso is, like, six inches Sigourney's long. torso is, like, ridiculous long. long. Yeah, which you guys pointed out to me that I was short last night, and I had forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that I'm short. You're smart, though. You surround yourself with tall people who can grab things. For I don't you. feel like you guys are tall, though. It's like, I'm like, we're I mean, all I'm, the same height. I would say I'm at this point pretty average for, like, I'm like 5'8, five 5'8 eight, five yeah. eight and a half or you're something. A little, I'm pretty, I, I was tall when I yeah. was younger. I, like, grew like a 
fucking tree. And in yeah. fifth grade, the only person taller than me was a dude. Yeah, you're um, on the tall side of average. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so funny. Average, yeah. People, please write in. Do you, short people write in. <laughs> Do you feel like when you look at your friends, you're the same height? Because I seriously... I'm, like, seven inches shorter than most of my friends, and I forget that we're not the same height. Because I'll be talking, and I don't feel like I'm looking up to you. This guy I really liked in high school that was a foot and a half taller than me, I looked up to him. Think Winona Ryder and um, (laughs) David Harbour, Harbour, like, is difference. Although Tyler and I are almost like that. Because I'm 5'2", and Tyler's (laughs) 6'1". So... He's almost a whole foot taller. It's adorable. Yeah. Ty, my husband has told me, I wish you were like three inches taller because it hurts my back to hug you. <laughs> Need a little step stool for hugs. I once stood on a ladder and I looked down at him and I was like, oh, is this how you feel? And he goes, yes, that is exactly how I feel. <laughs> and I also don't like high heels, so I'm always wearing flats. And yeah. so I'm always very, very short. Oh, yeah. Because at our... At our Halloween part, or Halloween, Christmas party, I was looking at pictures of you and me together, and I was like, oh, I look so short. I'm like, I'm wearing heels, and you're not. <laughs> it's all right, though. Okay, anyway, moving on to you're how little, tall. You're a little gimli. Shall I get you a box? <laughs> yes, I do, but I don't have pride, so I would say, yes, please, I want to see. <laughs> Toss me. Toss me. I... My friends would not let me in mosh pits in high school because they were like, you will die and we'll lose you. You'll get crushed. This will be like Lion King. We can't have I think one time a guy let me sit on his shoulders because he was like, you will die in this mosh pit because you're too short. (laughs) Thanks, mom. My mom's shorter than I am even. (laughs) At least you got a little bit of height. All my uncles are so tall. And I was telling Uncle Eric in Colorado, I was like, where'd the height go? Because they're all like six three plus I have one uncle who's six seven and I'm like what happened he goes well why don't you look at your mom I'm like I know but couldn't I be a little more in the middle right. I'm only one inch taller at than least her like five four five five that's my a brother's nice not even. short either though no. like he's I think five ten yeah he's not short he's like tall like me average mm-hmm. he's average yeah. medium he's medium medium okay anyway <laughs> now that I've ranted about my height for a while there's my personal vendetta <laughs> You asked for it. No, you didn't. No one asked for it, folks, but here it is. Here it is. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, she gets in the suit and busts. She's just a badass. I love when she, like, opens the airlock. I've heard the argument made that this ends the same way as the second one, essentially, and it kind of does, but I don't fucking care. It's shut up. Right. It's effective, too. I mean, that would make sense. Like, if I beat this insane creature this way the first time, well, why wouldn't I try to do it like that the second time? Right. <laughs> it worked. I do. I, I can see an argument for there's two fake endings, and I get it, but again, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they make sense. It's fine. I accept I, it. I love the movies. I don't care. And the second one's super fun. This one's just amazing and set so many bars and so many good tropes, I think. It's almost like watching... It was so inclusive. Yes. Particularly for the time Diverse period. cast. Well, there's only one black dude, but there's two women, so it and is... For the time period. For the time, it's very diverse. For now... Isn't it? It is... So, it's like bare minimum. Yeah, it's just average. Um, but for 1979, again... 
expectations should have been higher through all of humanity and time, but yeah, for 1979, before, yeah. <laughs> good for you, Alien. Also, what a fucking feminist film. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, there's Ripley, uh, as you see in Aliens, that's a little more feminist even. This mm-hmm. one, um, this is like minimum feminism. Um, also, Ripley, when they were casting for the role, did not have a gender. They knew the last name was Ripley. Mm-hmm. Because it's the last name, so it yeah. doesn't matter. Her na- first name is Ellen, but it could have been Roy. Um, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, they, they just really, they were open to whoever we feel like fits. Which I'm so glad, because honestly, guys. I kind of wish they would I, cast more things like that. Where it's like, it just goes to whoever we actually just see and think, no, this is yeah. the character. This, this is the great actor. If, if Ripley was a man, this would just be another good sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. It is amazing and iconic and perfect and timeless because Ripley's a woman. And played so well. Not just any woman could have played this oh, role yeah, either. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's Sigourney. It's just amazing. And you can see in the second one, they really play up the sexism. Because in this one, it wasn't written with sexism because they didn't have a gender. But in the second one... And it is one, a smaller, just, I think, well, I mean, the crew's a smaller story. Yeah, yeah, just smaller scale story. There's more people in the second one. Yeah, there is. So, it, yeah, it's just... Then she goes into hypersleep and she tells Jones in six... Or no, she's recording, mm-hmm. I think, a lot. But Jones does make it. Yes, Jones <laughs> makes it. I did tell Courtney, I spoiled it, I said the cat lives. Which I appreciate. Because sometimes... I get real anxious about animals, particularly yeah, cats, obviously. It can be hard to enjoy something if you're worried about the animal too much. Because so, you are for a second, that alien is eyeing that crate, and you're like, oh my god, it's going to eat Jones! But yeah. it doesn't. Jones is fine, and he makes it through the second one, too. Right. <laughs> and I think that that comes down to maybe they just don't eat, because I think it was like, it's too small, like, it can't be impregnated, I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're so... That's all it is. It's procreation for them. It's furthering of their species. Mm-hmm. They don't have vendettas. They're not angry. They are intelligent, but they're animals. They're just animals. That's mm-hmm. it. They don't hold grudges. They don't... Nothing. Um, maybe later on in some of the franchises, but those don't count. So, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it but ends, yeah. and she's heading home and says, with, yeah. any, with any luck. With any luck. <laughs> yeah, in six weeks, I'll reach the frontier, and with any luck, we'll uh, be picked up. And that's where it ends. And that's and that's Alien. And the sound design, <laughs> the music, the soundtrack. Um, Cinema, I mean, really all of it. Like, again, I have... Keith and I both agreed. Like, we have so few actual notes on this movie that aren't probably just basically, like, honestly, it's just a product of the time or mm-hmm. the budget restriction or just, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Courtney, out of five face huggers. What do you give this film? I would say a solid 4 or 4.5. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 5 for me. It's perfect. <laughs> like I said, like the beginning is just a tiny bit slow, and there's the mm-hmm. one girl actress, and I'm just like, you just seem pointless to me. But besides that, I have no notes. Everyone's yeah. acting is amazing. The practical effects are spectacular. They still hold up. I love that there's a cat in it, obviously. I love Ripley. She's one of the greatest characters, I think, of all time. Mm-hmm. And I can't I wait to rewatch these. I cannot think of a female character... I love more than Ellen Ripley. No, because, like, I mean, I'll say it, and hopefully hopefully this isn't, like, blasphemous. And, again, everyone can have their own opinion. Right. Like, she kicks the shit out of Princess Leia, I think. Oh, yeah. And I love Princess Leia, guys. That's not to say, like, I will you know, always Princess Leia. Like, love... No, I love both of them. But, yes. no, Ripley, just, I mean, she's she's who I want on my team. <laughs> yeah. I'm... People. 
few people who listen to this, please send me your alien tattoos because I want an alien tattoo, but I don't want a xenomorph on my body, and that's all I could find. Yeah. But I don't like it because of the xenomorphs. I also have a three-year-old. I can't, like, have a xenomorph tattooed on my body. Right. So anyway, I'm looking for an alien tattoo. Carrie Fisher will always have a special place in my heart as a human. Because also, I love her, I love Carrie Fisher the person a lot right. more than Princess Leia Like, character. I want a Princess Leia tattoo, but not really for Princess Leia. It's yeah. more for Carrie, and let's face it, that's her most iconic role, and she says yes. so. She's oh, fine yeah. with, with it. That's when she fucked young Harrison Ford. I also love that she frequently reminded people, I fucked 33-year-old Harrison Ford, by the way. <laughs> so, so you can step off yeah. with your opinion. And he eats it, so. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's a perfect film for me. I mean, I, yeah. The complaints I have on this film are so much less than complaints I have on even my next favorite film. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I love it. Watch it. It's if you so listened good. to this and you haven't seen it, fuck you. <laughs> what? Let me You're rephrase probably this. me. Yeah, let me replace this. Go watch it again. <laughs> I my birthday present to myself was literally watching this with Keith and Courtney for their first time. Yep. Like that was my <laughs> present. Like it's the greatest gift I've ever given myself because you know what? What a wonderful gift to experience your favorite film with your friends for their first time. Oh, I love that. I that love doing that. It isn't always a good time because I knew you guys would like these movies. Oh yeah. And I did, too. I've always wanted to watch it. I just never got around to it. Yeah. So, you know, like, sometimes it can be scary because you're like, sometimes we like weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you like weird stuff and you're, you're, you just know that a lot of your friends aren't going to. Yeah. Like Slither. I love Slither. (laughs) But I understand why people don't. (laughs) I was explaining it to Emily at work yesterday and she was like, what? Probably horrified just hearing about it. She was like, was the lady who had the slug babies okay? And they just, like, raised them together? And I was like, oh, no, honey. Oh, it's no. not that kind of movie. <laughs> oh, no. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. It our... is visceral and vile and hilarious. Yeah. And we love Michael Rooker, so. We do. Uh, we'll probably skip what you read and what you're going to read today. Because um, this is a long one and we've got another one to record. And I have some rants on the next, not on the next one, but after the next one about the Alien Universe. So. Yeah, we'll end the next one with what we're watching. We're going to take <laughs> a cake break, I think. Hashtag cake break. Cake break. And um, then we'll record our second one. So goodbye, everyone. Fabulous. Bye.